yes, yes, yes. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to yet another amazing episode of Yet Another Podcast. Your boys, Summit and Thunmit, we are back. What up, Summit? What's up, brother? Allergy season is upon us. Allergies. You can't tell about my nasally ass voice. <laughs> all these plants just fucking and shit. Just stop it, okay? <laughs> all this pollen in the air. How it's dare you? Us, got us both fucked up. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, it's like cuddle season in, in, in the, <laughs> on the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> not yeah, not only for is. humans but for trees too <laughs> yeah for real <laughs> god damn man yeah man um we're both stuffy as hell right now that's okay whatever we don't give a it's shit right. we're still gonna kill it we're, yeah hell yeah <laughs> what's going on with you what's new what's been new what's happened in the last week i feel like so much has happened in the last week actually i'm trying to think now uh <laughs> So I was telling you, uh, like offline or whatever. Mm-hmm. This is this is a term that people use now offline because everybody's online when they're working from home. Anyway, um, <laughs> so offline we were talking about how like I've been volunteering with this like organization uh, that addresses like you know needs of like city, state, federal level governments uh, mm-hmm. in, in response to COVID. So things like yeah. you know certain population doesn't have the ability to uh, access ballots, right? Or right find out where their polling stations are or they need covid testing or they need uh pretty much anything really right? right like anything that has been born out like this organization was born out of covid but at the same time they're trying to solve for things that the governments are are having issues with Damn. so i'm f- like working on a project right now which is really interesting uh i can't really talk about it at the moment but right it's uh i'm a project lead on that so i'm just like trying to get acquainted with the organization trying to get acquainted with the work that we're doing um on a high level, like we're we're trying to uh, provide a solution for uh, tenants that are being evicted by their yeah. local government or by their landlords, rather, yeah. um, and making sure that there's a way to manage those cases on a case by case basis, handing them out to like pro bono lawyers, but also uh, making sure that settlements are are completed for the landlords as well, right? So like, there's a whole process end to end that we have to look at. Uh, I'm kind of joining the project late. Yeah. So I'm like still catching up, and that's kind of been my entire week, just like trying to get up to speed yeah. on everything. Uh, but it's, it's a really cool organization. It's called uh, U.S. Digital Response. Uh, nice. If you, yeah. If you haven't checked it out, go check out what they do. It's uh, you know, especially if you are involved in the government and you know, like, there's an area that could benefit from like technological or innovative advances yeah. or just solutions overall. Like, check them out. And how is it funded? Uh, it's so it's all volunteer based. Um, oh, okay. So it's so all privately of, funded. It's not. It's not a government funded organization. Yeah. No. I. I mean, I'm not entirely sure how the funding aspect of it works on the back end because they do have full time employees. Okay. So there has to be money coming in somewhere. Right, uh, maybe right. they have an endowment or whatever it is. Uh, not entirely sure. I'm just. I'm just a volunteer. So like yeah. my focus is simply like the project that I'm assigned to, as opposed to like focusing on how USDR operates overall. Right. That's awesome. Uh, so, like, yeah. basically, from the the organization standpoint, COVID nineteen is still a very real thing, and the after effects of it, or the effects of it rather, yeah. are a very real thing. I think a lot of us, um, a lot of us in America, have sort of just gotten used to, or have gotten used to this new normal, and have, have sort of like living our lives now, and we've kind of like gotten past it almost because we've been talking about it for so long and we've just we're exhausted from talking about it and and and, you know every conversation starter is basically like so how are you dealing with this (laughs) the amount of times that gets asked you know in in like conversations or like so how is your what are you doing to deal with blah 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 so like i think it's crazy to think about now that you're that you're volunteering there it's crazy to think about like the effects of this shit are still very real you know oh, yeah. uh, all those people that maybe uh were immune from evictions and stuff before might not be immune anymore right, right. um you know and governments that basically had to scramble for resources before are now trying to figure out how to have more long-term 
stable resources, I'm guessing. Right. So that that's that's pretty crazy and interesting to think about. And it's also interesting to think about the fact that the organization is born out of this out pandemic. Of COVID, yeah. Literally, yeah. Which makes so it's me, only like a little over six months old, which is crazy because like they've accomplished so many like incredible things over that period yeah. of time. Um, yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off. My bad. No, you're fine. You're <laughs> fine. Uh, which is crazy to think about because like you start thinking about uh, the kinds of organizations that are born out of different types of tragedies. Like, yeah. for example, the Sick Coalition was born out of nine eleven. Like, yeah. literally, was started on. 912 or something like that right yeah i think uh, so uh and uh, even federal agencies like the tsa was born out of the fucking uh, was right. born out of 911 <laughs> <laughs> so if you're if you're a young listener and don't know this like before 911 we didn't have this whole tsa shit that we have now you know like flying was not like that you know we didn't have to take our shoes off and shit and throw them in the x-ray machine like, i'm not even gonna lie to you i don't remember what life was like pre-tsa yeah <laughs> i really don't i mean i don't remember much because uh, the only flying i had done prior to the year 2000 was international flying because i right. used to live in kuwait we used to come to america or go to india or somewhere else but I wasn't old enough to be like domestically flying, so I don't know what what the airport situation. All I know is this TSA world. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of yeah. crazy to think about that. But yeah, TSA was born right after nine eleven, basically. Yeah, that's true. Um, so yeah, that that's interesting shit, man. Um, there's some other stuff going on in the news too. I don't know if we want to talk about that or not. Um, yeah, we can touch on stuff. Um, there was a, there was, uh, there was an update in the Brianna Taylor case. I don't know if you saw this or not. Some of this blowing his nose right now. <laughs> we don't need the narration, bro. Come on, I put my mic down on purpose. If I, if we all wanted people to know that, I would just blow my blow my nose into yeah. the mic. <laughs> so the Je- Jefferson County Grand Jury voted to indict the officer Brett H- Hankinson for wanton endangerment for blindly shooting ten rounds from outside of Taylor's apartment, um, and so basically none of the officers were charged directly with killing Brianna Taylor, which is right. outrageous and fucking just ridiculous at this point. Right. Um, so yeah, th- there's a new string of protests that are happening around the country. Yeah. Um. Can and I give you my thoughts on that, by the way? Yeah, please do. Yeah. So this whole thing about indicting the one officer or whatever, at first, I was like, at least it's something, right? Yeah. And then I sat with it for a little bit. I thought about it. I was like, is it something or is it just like a smoke show? You know what I mean? Hmm. Is it just smoke and mirrors? Like, at what point is it actually real? So, I was just thinking about it. I'm like, look, if none of the people who are actually... So, first of all, we knew that none of these people were actually going to get indicted or charged. That was a fact. Because if it hadn't been done by now, I don't know what it would take for anything to come of that, right? Yeah. Number two, this response, or this indictment, rather. Yeah. Two or three days ago, I can't remember. I think it was actually yesterday or the day before. Um... There was some announcement or memo that was had uh, passed out by this, the t- uh, city of Minneapolis or, or no, what is it, Louisville, right? Yeah, yeah. Kentucky. And uh, I think they had said that they're they're uh, canceling all vacations, all sick leave, all whatever, right? Like all hands on deck. Essentially, right. the police department was preparing for mass protests. This yeah. was prior to the decision that was announced, right? Yeah. So they probably knew what was about to happen. They prepped for it. Right? That's crazy, though. That's crazy yeah. that they... Uh, they obviously do. Somebody yeah. internally within the government definitely told the police it was department, a grand like, jury. heads up. Exactly. It was a grand jury. That's crazy. Yeah. But the grand jury, from what I understand, was also very homogenous in terms of uh, race. So oh, I can imagine that, yeah. Yeah. So Fucking hell, man. And, and just this small indictment, I don't even believe that guy is a police officer anymore. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Right, because I I think oh, really? one of the articles I read said that it was he's a former police officer. Oh, interesting. So they were okay. indicting him, at, mm-hmm. you know, for it's called uh, wanted engagement or sorry endangerment, right? Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is essentially like endangering a, a, a bystander, essentially, or a potential right. bystander for yeah. shooting into the neighbor's apartment is yeah. what they said, basically. Right. Yeah. Uh, fucking ridiculous. So fucking ridiculous. Um, I, 
But as much as I hate to say it, like yeah. I know the pro, like the protests need to continue going on. Strong voting, yeah. you know, it's something that we talk about, but it's not yes. enough. Like I keep fighting the good fight. You yes. Know? Uh, but in this situation specifically, I just feel like nothing is going to come of this. I just don't see it coming because if it would have happened by it, with everything that's happened in the country so far, yeah, it sh- it would have happened already. Right. And it's a sad day in America, man. Another fucking sad day in America. This is just like our reality now. Yeah. Um. Uh. Fuck. Well, uh, re- related to that though, <laughs> yeah. you know how we, everybody keeps saying like twenty twenty sucks, twenty twenty sucks because everything right. just keeps happening. Right. But it just keeps happening here, right? Like <laughs> the rest of the world is looking at us like, "Yo, damn, this that sucks." Like, yeah. You know? <laughs> I wonder what what the rest of the world feels like. You know, maybe I need to take a trip. Maybe I need to get out the country for a while and go go see what life is like somewhere else. Like for like a year or so, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for a year, forever, whatever. No yeah, big deal. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Book a one way ticket. We'll see. Yeah. Because uh, technically now I can work from home pretty much whenever. Like right. even even my even my job is saying like, hey, our office is opening, but like you're not required to come in. Like if you don't feel like coming in, we're not gonna hold you accountable as long as the work is. American workforces have proved over the last six months that the fucking nine to five was a lie sold to us. Like it is not <laughs> effective. <laughs> it is a fucking lie that you have to sit and pretend to work for eight hours a day. Like you right. just don't need to, you know, like you can be on your be responsible for your own tasks, show up for the meetings, be responsible, whatever, pick up calls and answer emails in a timely manner without being bound to a computer screen, you know, which reduces so many health issues too, like mental health issues and physical health issues. You know, I have a coworker that, that just found out that they had a herniated disc and I was like, and she was like, yeah, I've been sitting at a desk for fucking 20 years. What do do you, what do you expect is going to happen? Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, for 12 hours a day and yeah <laughs> so but she gets had like well you can't work i'm saying the average american that's not like i don't know the average american that the, the chances are really high you know so i just, many feel, like, I just feel like it's a very very small percentage chance that you would get a herniated disc from what, a sedentary what, lifestyle <laughs> what about what about what about carpal tunnel carpal tunnel is all right that's fair but okay. like how many how many Americans have carpal tunnel syndrome because of I don't their know do jobs? you I don't know either man it's a lot <laughs> no but do you have carpal tunnel no but I probably do will I. like <laughs> I another 10 vi- no but you're not gonna get it because we've only been in the workforce 10 years another 10 15 years and boom carpal tunnel but but we've been using computers almost just as long no not really well yeah kind of but not like not like that when did you get your first computer but I wasn't sitting in front of front of it eight hours a day. Okay, no, that's fair. But what yeah. about like well, you don't get carpal tunnel from staring at the screen. You get carpal tunnel from t- using a keyboard and mouse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I got my first computer when I was like thirteen or something. But like we had to share it, and yeah. like if you if you were on it for longer than two hours, the shit heated up. <laughs> it was like ready <laughs> ready to bust into flames. <laughs> You had to oh, put the AOL disc in and then connect it to a fucking landline. They yeah. would go. Bro, the last couple episodes, we've been really dating ourselves. Like we're making it very clear how old we are. Yeah, I know we're old as fuck. <laughs> Especially because, like, in order to access dial-up, you had to unplug the phone, and then that, yeah. that meant that nobody could call the house <laughs> exactly, for that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, and if somebody to call called you, it's really busy. What's going on? <laughs> Or if somebody called you, the internet would just cut out. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Oh my god! Fuck you know how many of those AOL discs or CDs I collected? But let's face it, hours, there wasn't that much hours. to do <laughs> on on the internet, so you weren't on there for eight hours. You know what I mean? Like, how how much Oregon Trail could you fucking play? <laughs> I'm sure there was plenty to do, but it just wasn't happening quickly enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we both know where this conversation's going, and so I'm going to steer away from that. Um, 
<laughs> you could be in one of those AOL chat rooms for hours. I guess that was one of the things. I never did, did that. Yeah, I never um, did that. <laughs> or talking to your friends on AIM or whatever, or Friendster yeah, because the, or the, MySpace. The AIM chats or whatever, the chat rooms. Yeah. We're so vilified that like our parents were like, oh, yeah. don't get into class. Like, don't get in those chat rooms. Don't yeah, do yeah. those. Like, don't get involved. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. There was always this mystery. You always want to know. You're like, what's there? What's happening there? I want to know. <laughs> That's very true, oh, actually. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so going back to talking about work in the corporate life and like yeah. how you know uh, what life is like where the fuck did we start this conversation i don't remember anymore we were talking about how um, your co-worker has a herniated disc because she sits around or whatever he but or she before that we were talking about like oh, covid and like how we're always talking oh we were talking we about were talking about traveling the world what the rest of the world thinks of us and you said like, yes you what go the live rest of else. the world yes. thinks of us yes 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 what does the rest of the world think of us i don't know I'm pretty right. sure they're just looking at us like, okay, well, that sucks that it's happening over there, but we're still dealing with coronavirus, so like, let us like continue yeah. worrying about that. Because I think London just has uh, just got put on like new restrictions or something like that. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. I've seen a lot on Twitter about like the pubs are closing at ten because yeah, yeah. Corona comes out at night. There's also a limit. <laughs> uh, as- <laughs> What is Corona? Some sort of fucking monster? It's like some evil demon? Like. <laughs> it's like some, it's like some ghost or some shit. Like comes out after ten p.m. Yeah, we come to find out later on that you just need to do a séance or like burn some sage around the world, and then like, the coronavirus <laughs> would go away. <laughs> oh my god, I can't. Um, you were saying something. Sorry, <laughs> I forget. Oh no! I just, about I the restrictions that, like, in England. Yeah. yeah, there's just like a bunch of restrictions about like how many like how many people you could be around in a group, and I think the cap okay. is six. And there are like jokes going around on like Twitter and stuff like, "Oh, what if you're the seventh friend?" Right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine that? Like, say there's a group chat and there's like seven of you. <laughs> it's like, hey yeah. guys, uh, we're gonna get together tonight, but one of you is not going to make it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And there's like a suspenseful reveal. <laughs> and that person is. <laughs> it's like that's like every fucking game show or every uh, every like the like, weakest link. Yeah. <laughs> I've been watching like, yeah. I've been watching there's a there's a barbecue cook off show on Netflix. I started watching that randomly. It's pretty funny. It's a cook off uh, show or are you talking about Chef's Table? No, not Chef's Table. It's a cook off okay. show. I don't know what it's called. Because uh, they just released like a barbecue version of Chef's Table too. It's called the American Barbecue Cook-Off or something like that. I forget. Whatever. This is what you watch on Netflix? Yes. I know. And I, I was supposed to be watching something else. Someone's yes, mad you were. at me. Yeah, I know. I know. I fucked up. I was supposed so to watch. So we spoke about it last week on the last episode that this week on yes. this episode, we were talking about the social dilemma. Yes. The documentary on Netflix, so which I raise recommend. Your, raise your hand if you've seen it. <laughs> It's just me. I got it. <laughs> oh my! This is what classrooms across America look like now. Like it's all on. Yeah. It's all on Zoom. Okay, Bro, Zoom has a hands. button. Raise, raise hand. Oh shit! That's great. Yeah. I've never so used it. Shows it. Up on the I've seen it, but I've never used it. Yeah. Speaking of which, did you see the video of the teacher that went off on on parents on Twitter? No, I don't think so. Oh, you got to watch it. It's a really funny video. How about uh, you reenact it for me right now? Okay, so there's this lady. I was hoping you would say that. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this lady that's fed up with the way Zoom classrooms are being run. And so she has bullet points listed one through God knows how many. It's probably like 10. And uh-huh. she goes through them one by one. You have to watch it, but I'll try and like reenact a little bit. But she's like, number one. Please keep in mind that class start at 7 a.m., not 8.15, not 9 o'clock, not 10.15, not when you just wake up, but at 7 o'clock. So make sure you're there. Number two, okay, 
parents, do not be smoking your blunts on the Zoom call no <laughs> in way. front of all the other children. We, That's see, we a done, thing? Yeah, she was like, we done seen it all, smoking big fat blunts as big as cigars. <laughs> It's so funny. <laughs> it's hilarious. And so she's like, then she's like, parents, make sure your children don't show up in pajamas to the Zoom classroom. There's other children <laughs> in the class. Everybody can see your child. Put some decent clothes on your child. Said something about parents showing up wearing drawers. She's like, parents, please do not be in the Zoom calls. In your drawers. <laughs> yeah. She goes on and on. It's Who's so is this, bro? funny. It's so funny. It's hilarious. But I can I can only imagine like that is the reality. Like my mom today is is doing a parent teacher meeting. Yeah. And like literally none of the parents showed up. <laughs> and I was like, just Mom the, just the kids signed on? Like what do you mean? <laughs> Not even the kids. Why would the kids show up to a parent-teacher meeting? Mom, mom, I was like, Mom, how come none of your parents showed up? She was like, well, I see them every day. What the fuck is there to talk about now? (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah, But I guess that's a good point, right? Like, I've had a lot of Zoom calls and Zoom meetings and stuff, and people are generally dressed up from the waist up. (laughs) Yeah. Somebody called me out on it. Somebody called me out on my... She was like, well, you usually just wear the black T-shirt. I'm like, damn. (laughs) I'm like, that's my uniform, off. lady. <laughs> Little does she know you own your own clothing brand. <laughs> I'm like, have you heard of Steve Jobs? <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is a uniform. All right. I have 10 of these. Steve Jobs right there. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice, nice. Speaking of Steve Jobs, no thanks to the Apple stock. My portfolio is not looking that great. So, All right. There's a giant tech sell-off right now. It'll... Yeah. level off eventually i'm not worried i'm not yeah. worried but but anyway back to the social dilemma <laughs> back to the social dilemma why don't you explain it to me i don't want to explain, explain it to, it to me like i'm five years old you are five no i'm just kidding uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, i don't okay so if i explain it it's i don't think i'm going to ruin it but i think you already kind of know what the premise do you know what the documentary is about i i saw the trailer so i know like kind of like okay, the so premise you, of it yeah so you probably know as much as i do right <laughs> okay. what was the most profound thing that you got right, away so from got from for it the, for the people who are out there listening who have not seen it yet i'll just give you a little synopsis as to what it's about that yeah. way Thunmith can also get his synopsis <laughs> yes um smart notes that shit so big tech companies apple google facebook netflix etc cetera, etc cetera, right mm-hmm. all these different companies are collecting data on every single person not just on how they're using the app but what they're doing outside of the app and how frequently they're opening the app right how often how much time are they spending on the apps right right these are kind of like metrics that most tech companies track generally right yeah but i think one of the most interesting parts of the documentary was how much detail there is to the the data that they're collecting so much so that you understand why people worry about their information being leaked because it is extremely 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 sensitive information right really now on top of that think about like all these companies like TikTok, right? That have Chinese ties to Chinese government or, right. or you know, the face whatever Not ties app. to Chinese government, but they oh, oh, they basically are bound by the Chinese government. Well, yeah, because they exist in China, so they're they're controlled essentially by the right. government to an extent, right. right? So if the government asks for data, they have to hand it over, right? We've right. talked about that prior as well. Yeah. But other companies as well that also do that kind of thing, like in other countries, right? What was that face uh, tune or whatever app that oh, like, yeah, made yeah. you yeah. look, app ha- showed you how you were, like what you looked like when you were old or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the a Russian, Russian one. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> like, there's all these like foreign governments that are that connected came and to died these like so quick. large technology like things, right? And obviously teenagers around the world are the ones that are going crazy for all these apps, right? Right. They're very immune to the... Uh, or I guess maybe uneducated and naive is is the better uh, term there. That they're so naive when they're using these apps, they just want to use the app. They don't really care what the fine print says. They don't care what it's tied to. They just want to use the app. Right. That's it, simply right. They want to print like play with their friends, contact with their friends, whatever, right? But like I feel like 
when you when you watch a documentary like the social dilemma you start to understand how serious this information that we're, we're like that all these companies are collecting actually mm. is and how they're influencing you every single day mm. small in small bits and pieces to get your their growth up to get their engagement up to get their usage up overall right right it just opens your eyes to so many things and so that's interesting I, to think about like especially google for example yeah. uh, from from the trailer like i i i i heard that you know they were basically going to talk about how like google as a product or google as a service their job is to be the best search result for you best search right. engine for you specifically right so that means when you google something like brianna taylor or george floyd it's literally feeding you exactly what you would want right not the entire internet not yeah. everything unbiasedly basically mm-hmm and that part kind of gets scary because then you're like, you then you're like, fuck, like how much of this is being fed to me to try and, you know, box me in? Yeah. And how much of it is genuine, like, you know, things that I need to, right. need to know. You know, so it, that's kind of like haunting almost, uh, and yeah. I, that's that's why I was like very interested in watching. I will watch it. Maybe I'll watch. They it take tonight. it a step further than like you, just the data that I'm talking about. Like they know yeah. how many times you went and so, looked at your ex's Instagram page. Fuck. How many times per day you? Nobody done that. needs to know that shit. That's what I'm saying, right? Like <laughs> when it comes to shit like that, like that level of data, right? Yeah. When you when that's out there. You don't want that to come out, whatever you know, whatever it might be, no matter yeah. what it is, right? There's so much data that's being collected that you don't even realize the touch points that you're making are being collected as data. You're just thinking, oh, I'm just scrolling, right? But right, they're tracking right. your scrolling speed. They t- they're tracking how frequently you stop, what t- types of posts you stop on, right? Wow, it's it's so so detailed. And there's no escaping it. The, what, exactly. what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Not have a smartphone? What are you gonna do? Right. Not have Gmail? What are you gonna do? Exactly. Not use google not use chrome right uh not use facebook instagram like those aren't options really i mean anymore for for some people they are sure like you want to live off the grid that's an option for you but like for the average person in america those are like necessities kind of you know right especially being creative being an online business things like that like these are all tools that you need to have yeah um it's scary. It is scary. Uh, I, I think I find myself like it is necessary to have time scheduled in throughout the year where you disconnect from your device mm-hmm. devices, really. Yeah. Um, so like I'll like when I go on a on a on a weekend trip with my friends or whatever, I, I don't post anything. I, I barely have my phone near me. I try to just like put it away and be present in mm-hmm. whatever wherever i am you know like i went to deep creek lake a few weeks back and i was like you know this is a perfect time to just disconnect because you get addicted to this shit you know you get addicted to like just having your phone on you checking it all the time yeah and and, and all that shit so it's, it's crazy man it is insane but yeah definitely want to watch it Did, so you liked it overall like you, you thought Dude, it was a great good documentary I think it was a really well put together documentary they interviewed all like the tech experts that used to work at like companies like Facebook Google Uber whatever right yeah like, all these people that are uh, part of the document and you know what it is it's, it's if anything it should just open your eyes as to being more aware of how you're using devices and not just saying, oh, I have a device, so I have to use it, right? Right, or right, right. because I have device, uh, a device in my pocket, I can just quickly access Google and search whatever I want. It's a great tool, right? The data that's being collected is helping enhance your experience as a user too, right? But it's like one of those things right now where it's, you live by the sword, die by the sword, essentially, mm, right? Yeah, and that's, exactly. that's the dilemma that we face in society and that's the social dilemma essentially right 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 uh but yeah i would definitely recommend people watch it you definitely need to watch it so that we can have a more in-depth discussion maybe offline if anything um when we say offline it's just it's just us just talking it's just us (laughs) on a regular facetime like we are now but without the mic in front of our face without the mic without it being recorded (laughs) yeah it sounds just like this (laughs) 
100%. Which is interesting. Um, craziness, man. Craziness. Um, yeah. What else did you want to talk about uh, today? I forgot. There was a couple things I wanted to talk about. So um, you had uh, oh, mentioned something about like artists. Yes, yes. I had tweeted about it, and I wanted yeah. to expand on it a little bit more. Uh, it came from it. It came from uh, what's happening specifically right now in Punjab because that's happening on my Twitter. But mm-hmm. but it's relatable. It, it 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 you know it's relatable to pretty much any time, any movement, any occasion, tragedy, whatever, what have you. Right. Uh, so basically, this thought came to my mind uh right around uh recently this week basically when um a lot of people were posting about the farmers in Punjab that are protesting some new regulations that are going into play in, in the Punjab government that are that are going to affect them and so there's a lot of protests happening um rightfully so you know obviously uh and um so while that's happening as a part of it, you know, I started seeing quite a few people posting about like, where are the Punjabi music industry artists now? They always mm-hmm. claim to be jock this, jock that, blah, blah, blah. Why aren't they supporting the farmers in Punjab? And, you know, like basically like trying to hold the artists. And I was just like, I was trying to, I was trying to just play devil's advocate for the most part. But part of me was just thinking like, yo, why... Why do you need the artist to say something right now? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, artists are artists. Artists are not always activists. Right. Some artists are activists, yes, but not all artists are activists. Some artists right. is just just artists. Like their job is to create art. Uh, they're they're entertain people. They're entertainers, and right. If you demand that they speak on something that's you giving them more power than they have asked for really that's you saying mm-hmm. like well you have so much influence well you you gave that person so much influence and shit dude like maybe if right. you didn't agree with their political views or if you wanted an activist to be that person for you then you know uh, I, I don't know what i'm saying here but basically yeah, uh, that's what I had tweeted. I was like, it's not the artist's job to fight the police in the street or lobby against politicians. They're artists, not activists. And on top of that, like creating art on a subject is its own type of activism, and you know, it's its own type of empowerment and contribution to a movement. So right. like, uh, they don't necessarily need to speak about it now. They might write about it later and make music about it later, and that's doing its. That's performing its own function, right, in society. Like, mm-hmm. artists have a specific function, which is to rally people around specific things. Sometimes it's just plain entertainment, right. but sometimes um, it's uh, it's around activism or whatever. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting, and I was like, I was like, why why do we have this need to just be like, hey? Sp- why aren't you saying it like just holding people accountable when i'm like well if you want to do something about it you do something about it why are you screaming at somebody else to do something about it like that's exactly the reason yeah. why right and 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 here's the thing and i think it happens in this country too so it's not specific to the situation in Punjab. Yeah. but i think what happens in in life in general is when that you're a fan of somebody yeah. right you support somebody whether whether it's their music their art their you know uh watching their movies or whatever it might be or you support anybody from a uh, from a political standpoint even yeah. right there's somewhat like a an unspoken contract that exists that never gets like mm. acknowledged by either party that if i support you then i expect you to do right by me when i need that right uh, that support right, right, right. right and i think that people take that entitlement and apply it to this like fandom or this like following that they give these people right right, these artists so the artists are getting power from that standpoint alone but like at what point was it like the artist's responsibility or obligation to represent anything other than their right and and there's a counter argument that people make the people make the counter argument saying that basically well these artists um exploit those uh exploit those things like for example punjabi singers exploit the word jat or exploit that jat lifestyle 
uh, and use uh-huh. it for their music or whatever. Well, I'm like, well, that's because they relate to it. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean that they ha- they're exploiting it. Like, you know what I mean? That's that's not necessarily that. It would be exploitation if, for example, somebody from Bollywood that has no connection to Punjab, that has no con- connection yeah. to agriculture has no connection to that side of the world is like singing a song about being jerk this, jerk that. You know what I mean? Like that makes sense right. to me. But when it's coming out of Punjabi artists that grow up in jerk households, that grow up around, you know, that environment, and they make music about it and they have pri- a sense of pride mm-hmm. about it. Like, I, I don't think that's exploitation at all. I think that's just them talking about right. their realities. <clears throat> um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you just because they spoke about their realities before that now you're like hey you have mm-hmm. to you have to speak about this right now because you talked that's about the this other before thing. that's the other thing right like think about how many things happen to farmers in Punjab on a regular basis mm. forget about this current situation yeah. in general yeah. right? they're always protesting fighting something yeah, yeah, or yeah. the other and I'm not saying they're crying wolf I'm not saying that at all but I think what happens is when it's like the same group of people repeatedly trying to go after the same, not even the same thing, just trying to fight different battles at different yeah. times. It takes away from the the voice that's there. You get what I mean? Like, I feel like it becomes a little too saturated. Mm. And so now it's like, okay, do I speak about this? Now do I speak about this? Do I speak about this? Now do I speak? Right. You know what I mean? Like, how many different things can you really speak about and be outspoken about, yeah. really? I mean, there were artists <laughs> I, that came I, I out just, and spoke about it. They're saying just uh, sure, sure. Bawa, and, Man, like, and it's gonna happen. Yeah, it's gonna happen. Right. Yeah, but but it doesn't make sense. Rather than leveraging the the platform of the voices that are already speaking up, why are you looking at other people who aren't speaking? Right, 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 right. To then be like, oh wait, why aren't you speaking? Right, you know right. What I mean? It's like, yo, you need to be able to understand that the people who are going to support you, yeah. in whatever way, you can't force support out of anybody. Right, exactly. Right? This is this reminds me of Snow and the Bluff, by the way. Uh, like this is the entire Snow and the Bluff situation where uh, uh, No Name was like calling out black artists supposedly yeah. calling out J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar for not tweeting or not talking about Black Lives Matter back in June, July. Right. Uh, and then J. Cole came and obviously released a song called Snow in the Bluff, kind of like addressing the situation. Uh, and yeah. then uh, that, that was a very similar situation, you know, where somebody was upset that J. Cole is not saying anything about Black Lives Matter. Why not? They should. Mm-hmm. Right now, he has to. I'm like... He doesn't have to, I don't think. <laughs> I mean, I mean, is it? Does he absolutely have to use his platform to speak about something, or can he just attend the Black Lives Matter protests right. and show solidarity yeah. in the streets? Yeah, exactly. Right, as opposed to from behind the scenes. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's it, it's it's. I, I don't think I don't know if it's black and white, but I I think I I'd like to always try and look at a different perspective, and I, I think I tweeted about right. that too. Uh, that it's a lot easier to be ignorant. It's a lot easier to hate. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to um, to uh, dismiss somebody be or be ignorant or whatever. And it's a it's a lot harder to try and be understanding, to try and see somebody else's perspective, to try and uh, show love to somebody and be understanding because that involves swallowing your pride that involves swallowing your ego like you have to literally yep. kill a little part of your ego in order to do those things and doing right. that is hard it's not easy yep. um but yeah so i i just that that was sort of happening and i just kind of like looked at it but um anyway one thing that did happen um uh this week was the passing of ruth bader ginsburg um Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a very sort of huge loss to America. Um, yep. People kept tweeting out there like her step grandson or whatever. The family's sick. Grandchildren, Grandchildren are yeah. sick. They're yeah. like, look at this. I'm like, cool, man. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that does for us, but cool. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, sometimes we'll take the scraps. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Um, um, but that does, yeah. I, I think it brings up um, one thing that I want to talk about today is, is just to have a PSA again 
to remind everybody that listens to to make sure you're registered to vote today today was national voter registration day i believe yesterday, yesterday? okay yesterday today whatever yeah. um register to vote make sure your parents are registered to vote i just went and helped my mom make sure she was registered to vote make sure she knew how she was going to vote whether it was going to be by mail or in person um if you're going to do a mail-in ballot make sure you request it online or by mail make sure you mail that shit in early as fuck check your deadlines per state because it's going to vary by state oh yeah your voter registration deadline is going to vary by state so just go to vote.org your, all the information is there. Yeah. It's really and talk easy. to the people younger than seconds. you. Like the voting age yeah. is 18, guys. 18. Yeah. So talk to these fuckers that are like in your neighborhood that are like 18, <laughs> high school, college, whatever. Like get these people out to vote. Like these young people between 18 <laughs> and 29, like these are the people that are going to make a difference in the election. So we definitely need to get the youth yeah. out to go out and vote. Um, Asians specifically, like South Asians too, like we don't vote as much, uh, I feel like. Uh, so we need to definitely get out there and vote as well. Yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't. I've never actually looked at the breakdown of like statistics in terms of like ethnicities that vote versus the ones that don't. Mm. It could be interesting to look at. Yeah. Um, but before we go too far, I did want to talk about something that, uh, I mean, RBG aside, like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, her story in general is um, just kind of incredible. So if you don't aren't familiar with her come up, essentially. Mm-hmm. It's a very inspiring story. I think if you're pro-feminist, you are uh, pro-women's empowerment, you are pro-individualism, uh, independence, whatever it is, being you know an activist in, in a different way, definitely look up her story because I think it's it's such a moving and kind of like inspirational story. It really is. Like I'm, like I know that at some point there's going to be a movie, a biopic of hers, <laughs> where all of this is going to be addressed or some documentary or somewhere. Oh hell yeah, yeah. It's going to come out, but. Uh, what I really want to talk about, and going back a little bit further, we were talking about Punjab, is this concept of farming, mm. right? So, I'm sure I don't know if you f- are familiar with this term, vertical farming, no, I've or never like heard what it means, what, what it entails. So I learned about it a little while ago, but I didn't really think it was going to pick up as much steam as it has over the last couple of weeks. But essentially, vertical farming is. Uh, let, let me put it more visually, so it's easier to understand. Yeah. Okay. Imagine a high rise skyscraper or whatever in new york city okay right now imagine there's a farm inside okay Okay. do you understand what i'm saying no okay you lost me (laughs) so as long as as soon as you said the farm was about a traditional farm i was lost (laughs) yeah (laughs) think about a traditional farm Mm -hmm. right farmers generally have plots of land that are growing different things in different places on the on the property Right. right now if you just take the plot of land that's growing, let's say cucumbers, yeah. right? You cut that out and you put that on floor number one of the skyscraper, right? Now you're taking all the tomato property plants or whatever, okay. right? All the tomato crop and you're putting that on floor two of the skyscraper. These are all potted plants. And every floor, no, like you're, it's an actual garden. Okay. Essentially, right? It's a farm. Okay. It's soil. It's using a hydroponic system to determine like the water and, uh, like the distribution of water what amongst different sunlight? plants and stuff. Sunlight is accounted for as well by having artificial lamps. Okay. Essentially, right? That are that replicate sunlight. Okay. Right? Think about how greenhouses work sometimes. Like not all greenhouses have amazing sun exposure. You're right. They'll use these like smaller lamps to help okay. boost the, the sunlight, right? So like think about that. You have this skyscraper. Mm-hmm. On floor one is X. Floor one is Y. I'm sorry, floor two is Y. Floor three is Z, right? Whatever yeah. it is. And keep stacking it up okay. with different things that you could grow. Yeah. Right? That is considered a vertical farm. Why is that such a big deal yeah. right now? It's because think about land, right? Yeah. On a one square block piece of land that you can get in a city or even elsewhere, yeah. anywhere, right? You now have a full-sized farm that previously required maybe tons and tons of acres or yeah. hundreds of acres worth of land, right? Yeah. You've just saved so much, but your yield is more. Whose idea is this? This is a tech innovation, okay? All right. The tech industry has, has taken this on, but specifically, let's now think about a couple of things that have happened due to COVID, right? Yeah. One, think about your retail experience when you go to a grocery store. Mm-hmm. 
I recently learned that any piece of produce that you pick up travels on average of 1,500 miles before it reaches your hands at the grocery Uh, store. 1,500 miles per piece of produce. Yeah, yeah. Okay? That's the average. That's legit. Now, what if you were to marry this combination of the vertical farm with the grocery store, right? Okay. And I'll I'll, I'll explain a little bit more. Oh, shit. Okay. So part two of this, what, what happened as a result of COVID is people started to realize that because their retail experience... Uh, in person at a grocery store could be at risk because of COVID or whatever. Yeah. They now have online shopping for groceries, right? So the grocery store industry, the the retail aspect of grocery store needs to revitalize itself and give people incentive to come back into the stores to to buy their groceries, right? Mm -hmm. So now, think about this, right? You walk into a grocery store that's also a vertical farm you are now taking produce that has traveled zero miles. Yeah. Right? No carbon footprint traveling from point A to point B. Mm. Okay? And it's fresh farm quality. Farm to table. Interesting. It it sounds very futuristic. It's not. But It's happening. But it sounds... I'm also very skeptical because I'm just like... How like you know you got tractors and sorting. See that's the thing you don't need tractors if you're vertical. And like, but like, is the floor is the building still made out of concrete? Like yes. <laughs> but like the soil, like how deep does it go? And like, I mean that all depends on the type of yeah you know whatever crop you're trying to produce. Sunlight, all that shit, water, so many. I don't know. There's so many, there's like, so I, much, I, I, so many, so many different issues like, to solve to get. Not really. Really? You don't think so? Tractors are not an issue, bro. Tra- you eliminate the need for tractors by going vertical. What about like when you have to harvest like shit? Like, yeah, there are tools that you can handheld tools that will make it so much easier. But like when they harvest things like tomatoes or corn or whatever, like they literally right. need the reason why they need so much land is because we eat up so much of it that. Right. Like, I don't think one floor could have enough corn to serve the grocery store for a weekend. Yeah. You know I mean, it's, not, it's unrealistic to say that. It's going to replace farms. Yeah. Like farms will still have to operate and exist. Yeah. All this does is boost that experience. One, boost the experience, gives you better quality uh, ingredients and products, right? Yeah. And, and groceries and produce, whatever. At the same time, it's also creating a new opportunity for farmers mm. to now maybe they don't have to leave their farms, but they can operate diff- their farms a little bit more differently. Right, right, right. right. I'm sure there'll be some side effects that people see as a result of anything that happens right. with farming. But I think the concept is amazing because what's the closest farm to New York City? Probably somewhere upstate New York. New Still Jersey, dude. Probably New 100 Jersey's miles away. State. I don't think I've ever seen a single garden in the Garden State. Let me be honest There's with you. There's so many farms <laughs> in New Jersey, bro. I spent enough time in New Jersey to know that. I've, I've seen one farm. No, no. There's <laughs> enough farms in New Jersey. I mean, look, there's farms in New York, too, but not all those farms are producing high-quantity qu- uh, crops, right? Yeah. Anyway, point is, I think the... So what's happening going forward now, there's a company in Germany mm. that's a vertical farming company that's also integrating the vertical farms into grocery stores. And there's two uh, grocery store chains in the U.S. that are now going to be transitioning into a vertical farming model. Oh, Wow. Shit. I forgot the name. One is Kruger's. I forgot the other one. Um, but it's such an it's such an interesting thing, right? Like, think about how much more sustainable that is. That's how much be better great. that is for yeah. the environment. That's right? Be like, it it's eliminates the need about. for pesticides. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But like, there's so many things that it, it solves for. But controlling the, same time, the like, moisture like said, in the rooms and the buildings and stuff like that's going to be important. But they already do that. Yeah. I hate to draw this parallel, yeah. but think about grow houses for marijuana. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. not all outdoor. Yeah, yeah. They're mostly but indoor. But that is something right? that can be grown indoors. You know, that's what we're saying. But so, so can crops. Yeah. That's what they're just they've discovered. If if you if you create the right environment yeah. in each room or whatever. Yeah. 
they're still going to thrive the same way they do outdoors. But, like, why? There's so much room in America. Like, half of America's fucking empty, bro. <laughs> All it's of Canada's empty. The, but the model is not designed to solve the needs for Real people state. like you and I. Yeah. Right? It's for third world countries uh-huh. that need sustainability and mm. nourishment or whatever. And this is a, a model that can now exist in these areas that are, uh, like, Think about Yemen, right? right. Yemen has a famine crisis. Right. If if you create a vertical farm there, yeah, I think that because it's a controlled area, you no longer have to rely on the weather out, outdoors. Mm. Okay, so I I could see that. Okay, I could see that for for countries where climates don't allow for agriculture, yeah, or don't allow for you know their own produce and crops and stuff like that. That, that it's kind part of, of a sense. solution for yeah. a lot of things. Okay. You know what I mean? I think in the U.S., it's going to be something that is just going to happen because it is the tech industry, and right. this is the way the world is going to go for right. going, going forward. That's but I wild. think it's going to also help solve a bunch of crises and issues that people face around the world. Yeah. Uh, at least I hope so. I think it, it could potentially cause a, a boost to the economy for a lot of these like countries that are struggling financially or mm. economically. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, like, I, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of potential. Uh, I was having a conversation with a friend about this a couple of weeks ago, and like she was like, Yo, like, like this is going to be the new thing. Yeah. And we, we should get out and start one. And I was like, I don't know about all that. <laughs> but, <yeah. laughs> so I was like, hold on now. Uh, I've got yeah. a lot of issues with Wait this. Uh, <laughs> I like talking about it, but uh, <laughs> yeah. hold on now. <laughs> I'm a tech guy, not a, an agricultural guy. <laughs> I'm no jot, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's true. I've never called myself that in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. Well, I think this is a good stopping point. Uh, We've talked about quite a few things today. Uh, It's a good conversation, man. Um, Everybody out there that's listening, please register yourselves to vote. Please make sure you go out and vote. Um, This election is so fucking important. Uh, We really need everyone to go out there and vote. so that we can make some changes in this country so that everybody can stop shitting on us all right um, exactly uh, and there stop is shitting on us world yeah <laughs> stop talking shit about us uh but yeah that's it for this time folks uh thank you guys for joining in and tuning in to yet another amazing episode of yet another podcast your boys some of the done with we are out peace peace Classics. Classics.